0: We better wake up because this is the future. Our children are the future. I've been on and labor committees where they say, we're not teaching that in our school systems. You can't prove it. I said, yes, I can. And that's at a federal level. So document, 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 because if you don't, it's like it never happened.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative. Today, Congresswoman Diana Harshberger, representing Tennessee's 1st Congressional District, joins us. A native East Tennessean congressman, Diana Harsberger, was born in Bloomingdale, a small community right outside of Kingsport, and was the first in her immediate family to graduate from high school and college she attended East Tennessee State University and graduated from Mercer University College of Pharmacy with her doctorate. Diana has been a licensed pharmacist and successful business owner for over three decades. And she is dedicated to fighting for East Tennessee's priorities, including health care uh, reform, economic development, combating uh, the tragic opioid ep- epidemic, which is getting worse, uh, and expanding in Tennessee. Uh, and she wants broadband for rural communities, which is very important. She currently serves on the House Education and Labor and the House Homeland Security Committees. She's an active member of her Kingsport community, teaching Sunday school, helping with her church's mission work, and other local nonprofits. Uh, She and her husband, Robert, currently reside in Kingsport, where they are, uh, and if they're not in their farm at Unicoi, Diana has one son and two grandsons. Diana, welcome to the program again. Thank you for being here.
0: Oh, Brandon, it's always a pleasure to be
1: here. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to keep you. You've got a rubber chicken dinner to go to. So we got to (laughs) talk about this stuff uh, and then let you move on to it. Uh, Tell me quickly about what you were hearing from parents in your district regarding the sensitive, graphic, and even harmful subjects being taught uh, in Tennessee public schools where you think none of that would be, uh, but we get reports of it every day. What What are people bending your ear about?
0: Well, they're they're alarmed that their children would be taught such obscene material, basically. And, you know, you send your children to school to get an education and you trust the school system to do that, but that's not the case in a lot of these areas. And, uh, you know, I think I was talking to another colleague from Tennessee the other day, and they said that there, I, I think it was a librarian that came and read one of the books out of the library and the graphic content they had to stop and mute that how pathetic is that that any kindergarten first grade anybody could go in and pull that book out you know it, it we should be teaching abc's not sex to our students that's that's bad that's very bad and it is alarming to these parents they don't know who, they don't know what to do or, or where to turn
1: so you've got a, a proposed law and it's the no obscene teaching in our schools act uh, what does it do and why do we need it now and who else is is helping you with this effort?
0: Well uh, dr. Mark Green who is representative Green uh, from Tennessee he has he asked me to help with this bill because parents were contacting him parents from the first district uh, are also contacting our office and what it does it prohibits federal funding to going uh, to schools that violate their state laws about obscenity or whatever whatever laws they put in place as far as education goes. And that way at a federal level, we can bring the hammer down and say, okay, that's that's not acceptable. You can't be teaching that
1: to our students.
0: And that's where we stand with that bill.
1: So in Tennessee, we recently passed a law banning the teaching of critical race theory, um, yet it is still being taught in many schools. I have people send me just today, uh, Send me a a, a video uh, at Tyner School, which is just right down the road for me, um, and it, it basically the title of it was "I Am Black and I'm a Threat," and it it is amazing, and it it's being taught, it's being shown, it's it's all it's just 100% CRT, um, but enforcement seems to be lacking. You know, what would you suggest parents and Tennesseans do uh, in these situations where? We have laws passed, um, but for whatever reason, uh, there's so much leftism and liberalism steeped into our educational system here in Tennessee. It, it they they seem to to almost take it as a challenge. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, people will skirt the law if if they possibly can, or they'll find a loophole, they'll work around it. This is this has been going on a long time, Brandon, and it you know that's why if you cut that federal funding. And you give them the option of taking that money with them or putting it in a 529, they're going to sit up and take notice. And you're going to have resistance from teachers unions and things of that nature. You're going to have um, people who say, you can't do that. This is education for our children. I hear it all the time. Look, that parent has the absolute right to determine where they want their children to be educated and how they want them to be educated, and we we learned that with the Virginia governor's race. And if the pandemic didn't do anything, by gosh, it uncovered what is going on in our educational systems, K through twelve, and also in college and universities. And we have to put a stop to that. You know, I look at some of the things that that are being taught, and it breaks my heart. You know, I. I raised my son to be a conservative, and and he is a a good Christian, and he knows what he wants his two sons to learn. And you have to be a valid protector of, of your children. And, you know, I probably said this before. I used to say it was a fatherless society, Brandon, but it is a parentless society these days. And, you know, we have the TV and YouTube and all these things teaching our children. We don't even know, we don't go to the library, we don't go to these book sales anymore as parents but we better wake up because this is the future. Our children are the future. And it's kind of like you were talking about why are they not enforcing these laws that are already on the books? Well, that's to ask your state legislators. And I'll tell you this, take every bit of that information that you're sending them and you compile a file of evidence that says Oh, yes, it is, because I've been on labor committees where they say, we're not teaching that in our school systems. You can't prove it. I said, yes, I can. And that's at a federal level. So document, 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 because if you don't, it's like it never happened. Get that evidence put it into a folder, talk it to your state representatives and your state senators about it and demand that they do something to enforce that. We're trying to do that at a, at a federal level. Uh, Dr. Green and myself, and, and we're putting that legislation forward to try to ban that. Look at the Supreme Court. I'll just give you an example. The Supreme Court sets down the law of the land, like Title 42. Do you think the Biden administration enforced that? No. The Supreme Court doesn't have an army to go enforce the rulings that they put down. So it's up to the state to take that law and enforce it, bottom line. And federally, if we can cut funding off, let me tell you what gets people's attention. It's all about the money and the appropriations. If you threaten to cut them off, they might just wake up and say, oh, really? Oh, well, maybe we do need to pull that book. But it's up to the parents to make that noise and talk to you state legislators about it because I'm doing what I can do at the federal level. And uh, we'll see how far that goes.
1: Well, we always hear it's all about the kids, but I learned through the pandemic as it relates to educating kids, it was really all about (laughs) the money. And uh, before you go... (laughs) I was wondering if you might be able to talk for a moment about school choice. I remember uh, when I heard a speaker at the uh, Republican National uh, Convention, I think it was uh, the year after Trump was elected, there was a huge push for school choice. I could not believe I was hearing it. But as you know, we're having some serious issues with academics and school environment in Tennessee. Uh, This year, we could not get a single piece of meaningful school choice bills out of the general assembly we even had one that said hey if you're just in the bottom 10 percent and with with reading scores being at 25 percent on grade level that means if you're at a school that's at the bottom 10 percent that means only maybe about 2.5 to 5 percent of those kids can read at grade level and and they and republicans killed it and uh wow. wouldn't, let it, wouldn't let it get out and, um, and, and I'm wondering, at, at the federal level, are you hearing anything, anything about that? Because right now in Tennessee, if, if you're not wealthy or if you don't homeschool, you really don't have any school choice. Do you think there's any hope for any federal movement? Probably maybe not now, but maybe a couple years from now.
0: Well, if, you know, in uh, I'm all, I serve on the Education and Labor Committee, and we're getting ready to start to reauthorize our Education uh, Act. So we will see. Even with K through twelve, there has to be reform in this. But you've got wealthy unions, these teachers unions, that push an agenda. For God's sakes, we just had a report that the CDC changed their language based on what the the teachers union sent them about masks in school and to keep those schools closed. This is it. It, it is a uh, it is a web, a deceitful web that is being laid down here. And we just have to navigate that to uncover what they're trying to cover up. And so I'll work on as hard as I can at the federal level because federal level, whatever is the most stringent law is gonna be in place. But at the federal level, we need to take action. Let those people, if their school's not teaching them what they want them to teach or not teaching them the basics like math and science and, and reading, for God's sakes, how many people graduate and they can't read? that is pathetic. So we need to take a look at reauthorizing a whole lot of things. But there's power with lobbyists. There's power with unions. And uh, we have to face that. And we have to go at it in a way that the, the power is with the parent, Brandon. And it is those people who have to push those buttons at the local level. I tell everybody, all politics is local, doesn't matter who you are. You better do your due diligence when you put those people on the school board or you put them in the mayorship or as commissioners as, as aldermen it all matters because they want to infiltrate at every level of government with deceitful things like what they're doing to our students and we just have to be diligent about pointing it out and making sure those people believe the way we want them to believe that that's what i would do for my son or my grandsons so you know, it, it put a few mothers in uh, those places of political power. Let's see what happens.
1: Well, the mothers are uh, the best advocates we have up uh, in the Tennessee General Assembly right now. The mothers and the grandmothers, sadly. Uh, and I, I would love to. I would love to, There's a couple of changes I'd love to see, and there's a couple of women I'd love to put in those places. If 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 I ever get to live to see that, I would be happy. If you've listened this far, you're one of the true blue Republicans that care about what's going on in our state. So let me tell you, we are the only organization in the state of Tennessee that's doing this kind of reporting so that you actually know who's conservative and who isn't. So if you would go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com support, this has been the hardest damn thing I've ever had to raise money for. I've raised money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, Baylor School, state and local candidates, federal candidates, my fraternity, church, you name it. This thing has been the hardest to get support for because there's no money in keeping people free. And there's, there's a lot of money in taking people's rights away. So if you go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com support, if you give $50 or more or a $10 plus recurring donation, we will send you this, Don't California My Tennessee Tumblr. If you put uh, the convictions and the courage of the majority of these people on these committees up in Nashville in here, uh, which would amount to about this much conviction and courage only when it's politically expedient, And if you put it in here and you shook it up, it would swell all the way to the brim and perhaps even overflow uh, out of this because it has magical properties. We'll also send you a don't California, my Tennessee bumper sticker along with a proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker. And you will get my heartfelt appreciation. Plus this directory of your state and local, uh, your state elected representatives in the house and the Senate. And I hope that thing changes. I hope that that thing really changes a lot between now and uh, the election because we need some, we need some conservative legislators up there to quit lying on the campaign trail and to start doing things in committee. So please do go to tennesseeconservativenews.com/support and hit that support button. You'd be one of about three people to do it. Moving right along, <laughs> uh, you've been very kind with your time today. I'll leave you with the last word. What else is going on that people might? Buy- just want to know about, things that you're like, hey, people People in Tennessee need to know about this, but they don't know about this, or here's my perspective on something, I'll let you, you just take it wherever you want to, I'll give you the last well, word, you run the show.
0: Boy, Brendan, I got a lot to say, there's a lot going on in DC, uh, you know, inflation is sky high, interest rates are going to continue to go up, um, what really concerns me right now is when they take away Title 42, which is coming in May you need to be diligent in watching this. Uh, if they remove that, we're going to, we expect, these are just expectations of 18,000 people a day at the border. We'll have two more million in six months. This is un, unfathomable, we cannot do this. And from what I'm hearing, they're just gonna to begin to, this is from Homeland Security, they're gonna be just send buses. when they When they come across the border, they're just gonna ship them into the interior. I don't know if they're gonna process them or not. This is a huge, huge problem. So uh, just stay on top of this. Be aware and make sure the state knows who's coming into our state and whether or not the governor allowed them to do that.
1: Explain Title 42 for those who may not know what it is.
0: Title 42 is what was put in place during the Trump administration because of the pandemic to keep people from coming across the border because of carrying COVID in. Okay? Now... Uh, this is what's so so sinister. President Biden did not. He, try, he did away with it. Supreme Court said, uh-uh, that is lawful. You have to reinstigate that and reinstitute it. Well, did he do it? We still don't know if they're doing it. I've asked Secretary, uh, Secretary Mayorkas myself. And, you know, we, we don't know if they even reinstituted it. I know there's people that they did send back. But we don't know if they've come across the border again or not. May 28th and twenty, I mean, March 28th and 29th, we saw 9,000 illegals come across the border in two days. That's going to be doubled per day. So if they get rid of that because they deem the pandemic over, in other words, I think May 23rd is the date, you're going to see an influx like you've never seen. And the Border Patrol know that they cannot handle it. So and who knows who's coming over, Brandon? Well, we don't know.
1: We don't. I'll tell you something interesting. You, maybe you'll just get your local news updates when you do your interview with me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Dennis, Dennis Powers had a great bill that would uh, make it illegal and prosecutable just for the transportation of illegal aliens by van, plane, bus into Tennessee. You could, As a company, you could be fined as an individual, as a pilot, as a bus driver, make it illegal. It passed the Senate. Uh, it was killed in the House. Uh, it was it passed the House really? and it was killed yesterday in the Senate by Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an e-verify bill uh, that that had some teeth. That w- all the teeth were taken out. I mean, they just took the dentures out. They set them on the table and they passed the bill. That got killed. We had a a bill that would have prevented the taxpayer funding of uh, for illegal immigration uh, for illegal immigrant uh, children at taxpayer expense. That got killed by Republicans. All of the reforms that would have stopped illegal immigration in Tennessee this year were killed by Republicans. It is sad that we, you know, I'll put it this way. If we can't get any reforms in our state when we're in the middle of the worst uh, travesty we've ever had on this subject and everybody's running around and campaigning and talking about it, when can we get it? It's It's been depressing. I got to get on Prozac if I keep covering the legislature.
0: Well, remember who I am. I'm a pharmacist. We'll we'll make sure you just like, have your doctor talk to me. But uh, Brandon, it is uh, you know I'd be I'd be questioning those legislators that voted against that and get their reasoning. I mean, people want to know. They better have done their due diligence. That is, you know, look at the gov- governor Abbott. What he just did? He said we're going to send them all up to DC. That's what we're going to do. Put them on buses. I had been preaching this for a long time about these NGOs or non-governmental organizations. There needs to be a revamping in how they get licensed and all these things. And that's what's happening. Those pilots you're talking about, those bus drivers, they're like, we know nothing because we have a federal contract. Man, I don't know anything because I've talked to, you know, there's reports out that policemen have talked to them when they land on airstrips or when they bring the buses in. And those, they just take a federal contract. They know nothing about who they're transforming, why or what they act. I don't know if they know it or not, but they're saying they don't. So there has to be reform in that area too. But you know, if I were you, I'd be questioning why the legislators voted no and and find out if they have a a valid reasoning as to why they killed the bill.
1: Well, I think think we know the valid reasoning. Probably when you get 60 to 70% of your contributions come from PAC money, uh, when you take those for about 10 years, it's kind of hard to say no when those lobbyists come a calling. Uh, it is very oh, Brandon. Difficult. It- that's
0: why that's why <laughs> do you do diligence by gosh, and you well, don't get me started because this is you know um, you shouldn't be beholden to anybody. You should be there because the people chose you because they want you to make a difference no matter what. And that goes back to all politics is local look at them and if they're not doing their job then you've got a way to take care of business and it's called a valid box and thank god we have one of the best voting integrity bills and and the way we do it in their state I, I look at other states and i keep looking at these audits i'm like omg why aren't they doing something about what they've uncovered but you know that's one of the uh, the problems but you know I would do this. I would just say, "What's your reasoning for voting no?" And if they can't give you a valid reason, then people need to know why they couldn't yeah, give you a valid been,
1: reason. It's been difficult. There's there's conservatism and there's corporatism. And the more I cover, uh, the more I cover it, the more I wonder uh, which you know which, which tails wagging the dog. Anything else you want to talk about? Subjects just just wide open, and then we'll we'll wrap it up because I don't. You've got you've got important well, places to go.
0: Uh, let me tell you this, one thing I'm hearing in Congress with everything that's going on in Ukraine and uh, you know, they made the, the mistake in Afghanistan the way they withdrew everybody. They made this mistake in Afghanistan by not sending lethal aid and cutting off the oil before anything happened on the minor incursion as, as President Biden said from Russia. We have to absolutely help Taiwan and do what they're asking us to do and help them because they are on an island. And we met with the ambassador of Taiwan yesterday and she's saying, look, you got to remember 90% of the chips made, the semiconductors are made in Taiwan that service the world. So what happens when China goes in? That is the biggest adversarial threat we have granted. And if you ask me, this is the biggest national security threat with the border and uh, with China, heck, you know, the FBI director, Director Ray, told me that's the biggest threat we have is China. Right now, we just need to look, and the, the buzzword is going to be this. You're going to hear food insecurity, because that's a breadbasket of the, of Europe, is Ukraine. And they have devastated that country right now. And they are taking ports to where they can't import or export things. So just be fertilizers going up 500%. You're going to have farmers who question whether or not they can afford to plant. And I'm not just talking in our area. I'm talking the peanut farmers in Georgia, the beet farmers in Minnesota. I've talked to all these guys. You're going to see the word food insecurity from the Democratic side. Just be ready. And if I were you, I'd be stocking up, okay? Inflation's going only higher, so get her done now.
1: I'm I'm two months moving into a house that I've been building, and it – the old Biden lumber hit me for 70 grand and everything else is up about 50 percent. Don't ever take my advice to build or buy a house. Uh, so I've, I'm, I'm experiencing it right now and many sleepless nights. Uh, well, you're you're very kind. I appreciate you. Uh, you're one of the few people that will come on that's elected and, and talk plainly about what's going on. Uh, And so I'm sure people value that it resonates with the voters while more people don't use that as a strategy I've never been able to discover. But uh, we appreciate your candor. We appreciate everything you do for being so vocal, because when you stand up, your constituents stand up. And when that happens, you give them courage to do things at the state and local level as well. So thank you for all that you do.
0: Oh, Brandon, no, no worries. This is the way I talk to everybody. So it doesn't matter. I mean, you put it on a sixth grade level, people will understand and they will follow that. So don't make it, don't make it a calculus problem, make it simple additions the way I look at uh, policy. And remember, this is my first go around in the politics world. And I told them, I said, don't you put the word politician beside my name, put pharmacist. Okay. That's how I want it. All right.
1: Very good. Well, Next time, hopefully we'll have pharmacist uh, Diana join us. Uh, we'll probably board with prescriptions for all of our political ills. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it.
0: Okay, talk to you later, buddy.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time. I uh, know you're exceptionally busy. If you enjoyed this, please do go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Tennessee Conservative or go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com for more interviews and stories like that. Until the next time, I'm Brandon Lewis. Signing off.